Good morning, everyone. May the grace of Christ continue to be with each and every one of you. It is a joy to be here again. And, um, um, and share the word of God. Worship the Lord together, seeing different uh, people and, and learning from what God has, has for us. The text that we're going to be thinking about today, it is from what we call the New Testament. If you're a guest here and you do not know much about the Bible, um, uh, Christianity, when we started 2,000 years ago, we started sharing the gospel. Jesus came to, the, to earth. He preached the gospel. He died on the cross. He, he conquered that. He was ascended into heaven. And lots of folks start following him as a king, as the Messiah. And churches started in different locations. Paul was a great leader. He got saved too. He got converted. He got touched by this message. He repented from his sin and became a Christian. He was a Jew before. And he started planting churches in different locations over the years. One day, he was in prison, not for uh, any wrongdoings, except for his faith. He, he was put in prison because of, of religious reasons. And on that matter, he decided to write down to this church... Uh, that we're going to read in a few seconds uh, about in, in this city called Philippi. It was a bunch of Christians in this uh, uh, city, and Paul decided to write to them. And he decided to do so in thanksgiving, in, uh, uh, with a word of encouragement. This church uh, had good appreciation for him and his ministry, and had sent some money and some gifts for him while he was in prison. Even a messenger, a person from the church, to work with him and help him out in any way possible. This letter, just for you to get the context, is a thanksgiving for that, and some instructions, some words of encouragement. Think as ourselves, a church that was planted, and the pastor is sending a letter for us now to really get in touch with what the word, what they are facing at this moment. Let's read the word and then I will pray. Chapter 2, verse 19 of, of the book of Philippians. This is what the Lord says in his word. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think... It is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor men like him, because he 
almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's have one more a word of prayer. Father, we came to church. We are worshiping you. We, we are singing. We are contemplating your mercy. We are offering ourselves to you. We are learning. And as we hear the meditation of your word, bless us. May your Holy Spirit guide us. And you know our needs. You know each heart present here. You know what is crossing our minds. And my prayer, our prayer, is that you speak to us according to our needs, but in agreement to your word. We want to hear your voice. Then speak to us and heal us and transform us. Uh, we do and ask these things, trusting not in our merits, but in the name of your Son, our King and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I love the New Testament letters. I love the interaction among people because um, it's a way to understand what community is all about, what a gospel community is all about, what a group of folks, not a mere group of folks. We have many of those in homes, uh, family re- uh, groups, uh, have workers, uh, and we have lots of ways to get together to be a community. But in this particular case, is a gospel community, a community around the message of Jesus Christ, a message of, of, of the Son of God, a message uh, that, that transformed lives. Um, and it is good to live in community. It's like a family. It is very good to have family. Sometimes we have problems with our families, but family is family always. And, and in this text, we see this uh, community, a gospel community that preaches the message, that, that proclaims hope, that sees the creation and God being in control of everything, bringing relationships, a community of love, a community that is, is called an act of God to put people together. We are this community. And we have been seeing communities over the centuries. And this particular case, when we see this, we, I hope, we get excited to see the reality of, of life and how this thing works. Community relates with people. And people is what this letter is all about. I told you that Paul was the one planting this church. And when he did it, one amazing thing has happened. He decided to go to this, lots of things. Acts chapter 16 shows where is that. And Paul decided to, to preach the gospel in this city called Philippi. And he found people, first of all, the first conversion was a, a lady called Lydia. She was a, a, a businesswoman. She probably was really well-off businesswoman. And she was praying on a Saturday. And Paul went there with Timothy and Silas and, and preached the gospel. And she understood the message and, and, and made a commitment to Christ. She became part of the church. It was not a membership in one sense, but it was a membership like we did today. When we committed ourselves to Christ and His church... She became a Christian. And she even invited Paul and his uh, co-workers to go and, and, and be in, in, on her house. Her whole family got saved. Another person that got saved in this new church plant was a lady, a young lady that was a slave. She um, had... Um, the Bible says that she was uh, demon-possessed. She, she was uh, st- uh, foretelling. And then she made a lot of money for their, her owners. And Paul expelled the demon of this young lady and set her free. And we believe that she was also part of the, of the first members of this uh, church. Also, another person that got saved was a jailer 
Paul, because he did those things and delivered this lady, probably her owners were rich, they put Paul into prison, and Silas too, another worker, and they were there in that scenario, this jailer that was taking care of Paul uh, also had a beautiful experience that we call conversion. He, he understood the message, he repented from his sins, and became a Christian. Him and his family, and they were baptized. Those are the three uh, uh, groups of folks that got saved on the beginning of this church. A business lady, a former slave, dry, uh, slave uh, girl, and also a jailer that worked for the government, a civil worker. This is the beginning. Years have passed, and now Paul is in prison again. <laughs> and when they heard about that, they sent a gift. Hey, how can we help our pastor uh, uh, Paul? And they sent a gift to him. Other names that show up in this text is Timothy, a young man that was half Greek and half Jewish, that grew up in the faith and became a disciple of Paul and, 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 and started growing, a younger pastor. Another name that we have here, another person, is this guy called Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus is uh, certainly a man uh, that got saved as an adult. Because his name is connected with uh, uh, Aphrodite, which was the goddess of sex and, 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 and orgies. And his name is in some way associated with that. And what amazes me that he got saved, has a name associated with a goddess that has nothing to do with Christianity. Even though he kept his name and he serves the Lord, showing that he has a past. He has, he has a, 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 a family trade that he was not afraid of, was not in fear of, and he had no problem with that. I like this church in terms of the diversity that they represent for them and for us today. People coming from different scenarios of life, different backgrounds, and together in the name of Christ Jesus. This is the people that we have in this place. A few years ago, uh, I had a chance to participate in the, in the wor World Conference. Uh, as a, it's called Lausanne. The name comes from the first gathering that they had in 1974 with Billy Graham and Johnny Stott. The second one was in 89 uh, in, in Manila, the Philippines. And the third one was in Cape Town in 2010. And was, I was blessed to be part of that group. 4,000 people uh, uh, were invited and went to that place. 198 nations represented. One week of prayer, worship, learning the word, hearing what God was doing in different parts of the world was... Uh, some people say the, 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 the unique, the largest gathering of Christian leaders in all history of Christianity due to the, the diversity that we had. Praying from different languages being proclaimed, uh, people from different traditions and everybody celebrating the name of Christ and praying for our world in order for us to continue to preach the gospel. You can go online and see the work that they do and all the ways that they think and how we can plant uh, and, and, and preach the gospel. But this is about people. People there, people here. And we are in northern Jersey. We have a church plant. We have people from different nations coming together. It is like a, a Philippi again when we get together and see how we, 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 we do this. But if it is about people and different kinds of people, and we are not just numbers. When we see in the Bible people and what we are, we are unique in our own ways. It's not that uh, church planters and pastors want to 
put people together just to make a name for themselves. The whole idea is to make a name of Jesus in proclaiming Him as the Savior, as the, the Lord, as the owner of everything, as the one who makes us unique. We believe that serving Christ and being part of His church make us uh, human, really understanding what humanity is all about. And we are not just numbers. We are people, and we need to take care of one another. And this is why I like the way Paul addresses not only the church there, but the people that he wants to send back. Look this, uh, how, how, people, how Paul says, verse 20, for example. Paul talking about Timothy. I have no one else like him who will show uh, genuine concern for well, your welfare. I have this person in my church, Timothy, um, side by side with me. He is really into people. He's serious about investing in the lives of others. Another way he describes Timothy is in verse 22. As a son to his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. A, a, a real relationship. This is what we are here for as a church. Our idea of proclaiming the gospel, of uh, uniting one another, at discipleship, of recovery, of groups being formed, of our kids learning how to pray, how to worship. We ourselves learning how to deal with one another, how to disciple one another, how to mentor one another. Another way he, Paul describes his relationship with people is verse 25, talking about Epaphroditus. My brother, he's my brother, my co-worker, my fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Recognition of, for work in the church. More than that, he says uh, about the people in Philippi, the Philippians. So them welcome him, Epaphroditus, and honor people like him. The idea for us to having this fellowship, this um, uh, community where everybody is valued, everybody is loved, everybody is taken care of. But when we have this community... Lots of people. I'd like just to address three areas out of this. Uh, the purpose for this community, uh, the pain and suffering that this community may face, and also the pleasures and joys that this community, this gospel community, this group of folks face in their lives. Um, purpose. We have a purpose, and if you go to uh, our website, we can see there uh, what we are here for uh, in terms of worshiping our God, have pleasure in Him, and also invest in the lives of others and the well-being of our community. But uh, when you think about um, purpose, I just remember a story. The year was 1555, and uh, it was in Brazil. The France, France decided to invade Brazil, a little portion of Brazil in, in Rio de Janeiro, where we will have the Olympics in a couple of months. And they invaded there. And one of the captains that went there decided to bring uh, 14 uh, Calvinists, 14 uh, Protestants in his boat, professionals, three or four pastors and other regular professionals in different fields that they would need in a country like Brazil back in 50 years after the discovery. And when this group of folks got there, they figured out that the captain was not so honest in the way he described the, the travel, and they decided to leave immediately. The next boat that they could get out of there, nine of them got uh, f fled from Brazil, but another, the other five stood there and could not flee from Brazil. They ended up, most of them, in prison and one of the tasks that they had getting into prison was to write a statement of their faith. 
why they have to do that. Because when the ship came to Brazil, they uh, had a worship service in the boat. The first Protestant service in Americas. And after that, a few days later, they went to land and had Lord's Supper. And they served the Lord's Supper in a worship service. The first Protestant worship service in Americas. But they were Protestants. The majority of folks were not. And the captain, when he was mad with the others that had fled, they decided to put them on trial. And those four guys that stood there, not the pastors, the pastors are gone, they wrote their faith statement, a confession of faith, the Copacabana confession of faith. And because of that, they were killed, three of them, the first martyrs of America, perhaps. And with this, uh, one escaped and told the story. And because of this action, took 300 years for the next Protestants to come to Brazil. They just arrived 1839, 1859, the Presbyterian Church arrived there. This is a sad story in one sense, but brought us hope. Because Paul was aware that this could happen to him. Look what he said uh, on the beginning of this letter to Philippians uh, about the fears of dying for the cause of Christ. He says, convicted of this, I know that I will remain. He thinks that God will deliver him from that on that particular time. And I will continue uh, with all of you for your progress uh, and joy in the faith. More, more, Paul says this, uh, chapter 4. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, he knew about purpose. He knew about the challenges of following Christ. Uh, Pastor Josh said that we are not persecuted in America. Thanks God for that. At the same time, uh, you know uh, that sometimes because of your purpose to follow Christ, you suffer some uh, complications perhaps in your job if you wanted to be honest and the business is not quite there and you can suffer because of your honesty you perhaps uh, are, are, are losing opportunities to grow in your, in, your, in, your, in your positions in your company not persecution not losing your life but kinds of persecutions this is why the challenge for us as Christians to have a, a Christ centered life and I like the way Paul described this passion for Christ this desire to grow and mature. He says on verse 22, part B, um, uh, describing about his, his workers, uh, Timothy and, and uh, Prophetus. He has served with me in the work of the gospel. Uh, then he says on verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus. Look at the centrality in Christ. Verse 21, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. For Paul and for his workers, Christ was the center of everything. So then welcome him in the Lord. This was his language because, verse 30, he almost died for the work of Christ, talking about Epaphroditus. And this is why Paul prays. Just in chapter 1 of Philippians, talking about even uh, uh, love, as we are hearing in our message in the previous Sundays. Verse 9 of chapter 1 says this, And this is my prayer, Paul says, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of praises of God. We have a purpose. We have a goal. We have a desire to achieve things. But um, as we do so, as we heard in the story of the martyrs, we have uh, uh, other kinds of pains and sufferings. It is a reality. Um, 
some of us or some Christian groups try to proclaim the message of Christ just in a sense of all joys, all deliverance, that everything can happen to you. Uh, sometimes we call it a, a prosperity gospel. God really wants us to prosper. He really wants to bless us and to, to deliver us, to heal our wounds, to heal our sickness, uh, to heal the world, to, to use us for His glory. But He does not guarantee that every single time and every single prayer will be answered in the way we think is the best way to uh, prayer to be answered. Pain is part of the Christian life, and we need to learn this. And this is why the second part, not only purpose as a group of folks following Christ, but the reality of pain and suffering is constant. Losing a job, as I said, not being promoted after a hard work. And I had that years and years ago. As I was a young man, I went to this job, and the guys promised, guys, uh, if you come here every day, if you don't miss, you get hit on time, leave on time, and work hard. After this number of months, you can have a, a, a raise. And I was so excited when he said that, took a note of that, and started working as crazy, like really hardcore, and working, working, working. The day has come. I count the dates. I was right on time. I knock on the door and talk with the guy and said, hey, remember when you promised that? I did everything you said. I'm ready for my raise. And the guy looks at me, the boss, and said, you know, the company is not doing well. I cannot give you the raise that you are entitled to. And the company was not even good. I didn't even like the job. If I knew it, I would be missing days one after another. But I did it just to fulfill that. But sometimes we, we, the door is not there. And we said, Lord, I did it, everything right. Supposed to work hard. I did it. What is the, the reward? But not only that, sometimes it's physical. Sometimes we have major problems. Folks, depression comes. Um, sometimes it's a real physical thing. And I thought about Joni Tada. If you are aware of her life, she became a tetraplegic before her 20s, I believe. And, and for the last 40 years, she's been a witness of joy and trust in the Lord in the midst of tragedy. I cannot even conceive how, how it is not to move your body. She can move a little bit uh, lately, but uh, it is a painful thing, I imagine. But she learned how to be content in the Lord, how to uh, rejoice in the Lord, how to, to serve the Lord even in weakness. She learned how to, to, to pray, how to counsel, how to encourage those that are facing uh, tragedies like she did. She started ministry with the families of those that were facing this, uh, how to deal with this. She started singing, she started writing, she started painting with her, her mouth. And, and it's unbelievable the way the Lord has blessed us, her, in order to bless others that are facing major tribulations. But she was a faithful servant of the Lord. Could the Lord heal her and give a tremendous miracle and be a tremendous success? But God has created her and allowed her to face this. And she was um, okay with the Lord. Um, Paul says this in Philippians 4, It was good for you to share in my troubles. Even Paul, that was the preacher, knew about his uh, situation. Um, other verses that address this, verse 26, Epaphroditus longs for you. Epaphroditus was distressed because you heard that he was ill. Even Epaphroditus, serving the Lord, became uh, sick. He almost died, verse 27, Epaphroditus. God had mercy on Paul, he says, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Paul saw 
Paul saw that Epaphroditus was sick and the church that had sent him was uh, stressed out because of that. And he said, Lord, heal him, transform him. I hope to have less anxiety, Paul says in verse 28. Pain is, 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 is a reality for us. This is why perhaps the beginning, in the beginning of this chapter, um, we see the humiliation of Jesus Christ. Christ, your Savior, my Savior, the Lord, knows what pain is, what suffering is. And this is the way the message um, described those five verses on chapter 2. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but did not think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside, aside his privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. And it was an incred- incredibly hum- humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Christ knows what pain and suffering is. And if you are in a season of life that pain and suffering marks your existence as part of the community of Christ, um, Let's fix our eyes on Christ. Let's cry before His throne of grace. Let's know that He knows what pain is all about. And He's aware of that. And He will not let you down. But we end this not thinking that life with Christ is always bad and sad. I think one, one of the things that the Lord wants us to do. And it's part of the statement, mission statement of, of, of Grace Redeemer. Is to enjoy God forever. Is to learn how to celebrate life. Even in the midst of pain. It's not that we are like a forgetting that we are. Not that we are saying that we are not in pain. We know the reality. But God wants us to give the real joy of existence. And I want to end the last part. From purpose to pain. And now with pleasure, joy, rejoicing. Um, worshiping. Knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And this is why I think was important this letter for the Philippians. The Philippians had some assurances in life. They, they really liked the fact that they were Roman citizens. Most of the folks in the city of Philippi were former uh, soldiers. They had land and they, they had some, some privileges. But one thing that Paul describes here as uh, the reality of rejoicing the Lord. That we Christians are citizens of heaven. We have our, uh, if you're American, uh, blue passports or whatever passport extra you have. But ultimately, Christians are citizens of heaven. And I like to end this text with this affirmation of uh, joy and rejoicing in the Lord, finding purpose and joy in serving God. This is what Paul says, um, uh, verse 19, that I may be cheered when I receive news about you. He, even in a prison, he liked to celebrate victories. Welcome Epaphroditus with great joy, he says in verse 29. Honor people like him. Celebrate his life. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 12 of Philippians, he says this. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. He says, verse uh, chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul found the secret of trusting the Lord and not in his circumstances. I think this is what we need to do right now because Christ can give us this. I, I don't know how you experience your faith. 
But I really need to tell you, based on this text, that God has a plan for your life. He has called you with the specific gifts and talents. And Paul, even in prison, he had ways to find joy in people's lives. He had ways to really notice the person, not a number, not a member, uh, but a, a person. He starts saying things to encourage. He noticed Epaphroditus and his gifts and talents, and he presented them to the church in Philippi. One thing that is not in the text we need to study, Epaphroditus was sent not only to have some money to give to Paul, he was sent to stay with Paul for a long time. He got sick, and then Paul is sending him back. Paul knew that it was a possibility that the church would tell Epaphroditus, why are you coming back? We send you to be taking care of our pastor. Why are you coming back? Before even the complaints start. They said, receive him well. He's a co-worker with me. We work together in the gospel. And perhaps the challenge for us as a church in northern, uh, northern uh, Jersey is for us to experience this kind of a relationship. Maybe your week or your job for this week, start noticing folks that have blessed you or the community around and say a word of thanksgiving. Hey, I like the way you do this. And start noticing people. Perhaps somebody is really sick and downcast and you need to embrace that person and encourage with words, sometimes even without words. We have people in our congregation here today with pain and suffering. And perhaps you, even if you think you do not have many gifts, you have a gift of observation, and you can say a word, or even pray if you are so an intro, introvert that you can pray for someone. Paul, use this opportunity to be a blessing to others. And as I conclude this, he says this, and because this I rejoice, Philippians chapter 1, yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers, and God's provision of the Spirit of Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We have examples of regular folks men and women, servants of Christ. Their faithfulness paid off. Lots of other folks knew the Lord. I think even with the crisis that we face in America, economically or in the world, God has a plan for us as Christians to start believing that we are citizens of heaven, that we are part of a community, a community of love, a community that follows Christ, a community that is saved by Christ, a community that transcends the mere reality of living here. A community that looks ahead to heaven, but a community that is not escaping reality thinking about heaven, but a community that because she knows the reality of heaven, we are more than willing to serve one another, to love one another, to take care of our planet, to start using our gifts and talents, to build up the community, and to dream about more people coming to the knowledge of Christ. Not because we are good or better than anyone else, but because of Christ Jesus, the altar and perfecter of our, your faith. If you are facing difficult moments, let's trust in Christ. If you are in the moment of, of blessings, celebrate and rejoice. If you are in moments of doubt, look to Christ. Fix your eyes on Him. Ask questions. Ask for prayers. May the Lord be with us. May the Lord continue to, to use us and use our church for His glory. Let's pray. Father, we, we came here. And, and we are here to worship you, to learn from you. 
We might have friends here that don't, don't know you the way we, we do, do not believe in the Bible or in Christ, and we are glad with their presence. Um, bless them in their affairs, in their uh, objectives, and, and use us uh, in their lives. Uh, bless our community, our, 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 our neighbors, and use this message in your word uh, in our lives. Protect each one of us here. And give us this blessing of learning how to be content and to rejoice in you. We thank you for your grace. Always we do pray, trusting the name of Christ. Amen.